Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Moving beyond me. So check out Facebook for our intro to that. We did a little intro to that this week. Check out the video, Moving Beyond Me. Another way of saying it is growing past myself, basically. Because humans are all about ourselves, aren't we? Sometimes we forget about everybody else because we're focused on ourselves. Some struggle with that more than others. But I think, I think one of the battles in our lives is to become selfless. Selfless instead of selfish. All right? Meaning, man, I want to put others before myself. You've got to have boundaries. You've got to take care of yourself. But you've got to learn to be selfless like Jesus. Let's go to 1 John 2.6. 1 John 2.6, I love this. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. How many of you know Jesus is the perfect example? But that's a tall order. That's a tall order. I mean, that is setting the standard and the bar very, very high to live like Jesus. But that is our goal, all right? So... That's the first verse. Let's go to Ephesians 5.1. Listen to this. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Imitate God. How do you say, man, how do I imitate God? Well, we have, we have many highlights and many important points of Jesus' life written down for us in the Gospels. That's how you imitate God. How do you know God's character? Well, because we have the Old Testament. We also have Jesus' life and the New Testament. So how do you imitate God? You follow His Word. You know God's character. You do your best to be like Him with His help. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. What's the next verse say there? Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11, 1 now. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Look at the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth. Look at what he said. You should imitate me. He knew he was a good example, right? So he said, you should imitate me. I know I'm living my life right. And he says, just as I imitate Christ. So you can imitate a man or woman of God if they're imitating God, right? If they're trying to be like Jesus, then you can imitate their lives if their lives are a good reflection of of God, and that's excellent. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Check this out. A little different tonight. I'm giving you all the verses first before I go through the points. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, listen carefully. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your what? Keyword selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Can we read through that verse again, Liz? Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Number one. Number two, take up your cross. Number three, wow, follow me. Does anybody know what the word selfish means? Does anybody want to hazard a guess or try to define what, what is selfish? I've got a simple way you can always define it. Self. Use that word. Use that word in there. It's, it's all about self. It's all about me. Okay? It's all about yourself. Okay? That's what selfish means. Being self-centered. All right? You first all the time. You first. Okay? 
So that's what selfish is. Let me, let's read that verse again. I love this verse. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Now here's the issue with taking up a cross like Jesus. When you take up a cross, that means there's suffering involved. I wish I could tell you all tonight, man. I wish I could tell people in here, you know what? You accept Jesus, and this would be the hustle, right? Because some people have done this. Man, you accept Jesus, all your problems are over. Man, I wish I could tell you all that. I wish I could tell you as soon as you accept Jesus, all the problems, consequences of the past, everything just goes away. Well, here's what I've learned. If you serve God, you're going to go through trouble in life. If you don't serve God, you're going to go through trouble, but it's way worse. Scripture says the way of the sinner is hard. Okay? So no matter, no matter what happens in life, life happens. Does everybody understand that? Are you with me? Life's tough. Scripture says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Okay? We go through stuff, man. There's folks in here, y'all have been serving God for a while, and you could tell me, man, we've gone through stuff. I can tell you all that right now. We're faith people, but... Those of you that don't know, I believe all of you know, um, we're going through a battle with my mom's health, and it's, it's been going on for a long time. Do we understand why all the time? Well, I, I don't even bother asking why a lot of the time. I just say, God, I trust you. We're going to believe you, and we, we're going to believe for the best. We know that you're in control. We don't understand all the details, but we know that in the end we win. Heaven is ahead of us. Praise God. I know Ms. Debbie, they've had a battle with her mom's health. And other, others of you in here, maybe you've battled in your health or you've had family members that battle with their health. Ms. Norma, your husband's battled with his health. We don't always understand why, but we know God is faithful. We just live in a fallen world, man. It's way less than perfect. There's, I mean, they tell us that even living in this area that we're breathing in junk from the refineries and from the oil. But then I say, thank God there's windy here because it blows that junk out a lot. Blows it for somebody else to breathe it, I guess. God knew what he was doing. He put a bunch of wind over here. I remember there was a guy years ago, he said, man, if you don't like the weather in Hobbs, stick around for a little while, it'll change. The wind is blowing, man. It messed my hair up today. I had so much hair this morning on my head, I'd grown it out for you guys, and it just, it just got rid of it again. If you keep laughing at bald jokes, I'm going to keep telling them. So, life happens, right? Does everybody agree with me? Life happens. And it ain't fun. And I, would, I mean, life can be great fun, and there's fun parts, but I wish I could just say, man, man, no more problems for you, no more problems for me, no more problems. No more heartache, no more mistakes, but we live in a fallen world. So we've got to trust Jesus, we've got to trust the Lord, and we've got to trust that he's with us. Okay? So if you're going to, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to leave behind your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. You want to be my disciples? Get rid of the selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. So tonight, our perfect example is at the top of the list. He is, he is headlining tonight, and that is Jesus, our Savior. All because of Jesus, that's why we're here tonight. That's why we have the New Testament. That's why we know that we're headed to heaven one day, because we've accepted Jesus as our Savior. So tonight, in talking about selfless, moving beyond me, moving beyond myself and my selfish desires, I look to Jesus, what Scripture says, the author and finisher of our faith. So Jesus, number one, here's, here's something that Jesus did, and this is a great example. He forgave, didn't he? Why is it so hard to forgive? 
Here's my opinion. Here's my theory. I don't know a lot. I'm still learning. I have a lot to learn, but I'm going to tell you this right now. For me personally, it's been hard to forgive at times because I think I'm selfish. I think at times I've made it about me where I'm like, God, well, look at them. Look what they did to me. And I'll never forget. Some of you have heard this part of my testimony. I was, uh, I think it was fall of 2001. I was listening to CDs in the car there. And I was listening to some great CDs. And I just, I remember I was hurt with somebody that was close to me. And I'll never forget, the Lord interrupted my thoughts. And he was so wise and so gentle, but he was so strong at the same time. And I felt, I, I felt this impressed in my spirit. And the Lord said, you're having trouble with him and you're hurt with him. But don't you realize that every sin you've ever committed has been personal to me. And it was directed against me. Every sin you've ever committed. And I went. And I could feel God impress on my heart. But I've always forgiven you. And you can't forgive them for this. And I thought, man, am I really struggling with that still? I thought I'd forgiven them. But no, it was in my heart. Why? Because we make it about ourselves, don't we, at times? Say, man, it's hard to forgive because they hurt who? Me. They hurt me, man. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not making light of that tonight or making fun or saying, hey, you weren't, you weren't hurt, man. You don't. No, everybody's been hurt. Everybody's life has been hard to some degree. I believe some lives have been way harder than others. Some of you have been heartbroken. You've been betrayed. Maybe the ex, maybe dad wasn't there or mom or you were raised by somebody else or whatever. But I'm going to tell you right now, if God can forgive you, he can forgive me. And if he can forgive me, he can forgive people who hurt me. All right? And Jesus was the perfect example of this. He forgave. Do you remember this story? Folks couldn't get the... Well, they heard, I believe this was in Mark chapter 2. We don't have to go there. But folks heard that Jesus was in the house, is what the King James Version says. Another translation says, folks heard that Jesus had returned home. And he was at somebody's house... And it was so crowded, people were there to hear Jesus. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd have been there too, huh? I would have been there. Man, Jesus is speaking. Can you imagine? Y'all come, come to small group tonight, come to Flourish or Heroic, Jesus is speaking. <laughs> what? I'd be there five hours early. So Jesus was speaking. So needless to say, the house was jam-packed. And these guys had a friend who was paralyzed, and they could not get to Jesus, but they knew Jesus was the healer. So they dug a hole in the roof. You remember the story? And they lowered him down. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I'm here preaching and someone lowered someone down to get to me? That would be amazing. I'd be amazed. You know, the, number one, the house would be packed and they couldn't get in and then they'd tear a hole in the roof. I'm sure dad would be ready to shoot them for messing up the... And I would too. And, and Barry, Barry would be right up there with us. We'd be mad. They done messed up the roof. But after I got over that, I'd be amazed at their tenacity, at trying to get someone where they needed to be to receive healing. Well, these guys lowered their friend down. Just a lesson on Jesus tonight, okay? All about Jesus and his selflessness. They lowered this guy down, and Jesus didn't miss a beat. He was amazed at their faith, and he looked at the guy, a paralyzed guy on a mat. I don't know exactly how they lowered him down. I bet it was crazy to see. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Well, there was folks in the house, and they went, who does he think he is to forgive sins? And Jesus said, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to just say rise, take up your bed and walk? He was making a point that he could forgive sin 
but he forgave that guy just like this. And I guarantee Jesus knew what sin was in that guy's life. He forgave him just like that. How about this story? Remember the woman caught in adultery? They brought her and threw her before Jesus. They were about to stone her, and I always thought the story was crazy just because it was her by herself. She was caught in adultery by herself, right? That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, I have to bring that up every time because those people were crazy. But they bring her and say, hey, teacher, she was caught in the very act of adultery. What, what do we need to do here? And Jesus started writing in the dirt, you know. People say maybe he was writing their sins down. We don't know what he was writing down, the Ten Commandments. I don't know. He was writing in the dirt. Finally, he said, whoever's without sin among you, you go ahead and cast the first stone. So scripture says from the oldest to the youngest, they said, I'm out of here because I have sin. I'm not going to throw any rocks tonight or today. Jesus asked the lady caught in adultery. He said, where are your accusers? She said, there are none. And he says, I don't accuse you either. You go ahead and go. You're free, but go and sin no more. He forgave her just like that. He knew what sin she'd been caught in. She may have wrecked somebody's home. Who knows, right? But he forgave her. And how about this one? This is my favorite. To this day, there was a guy back in the 80s, and he wrote a song about the blood of Jesus. And he said, Jesus made a statement that, made the strong, that will, to this day, make the strongest skeptic cringe. He was on the cross after he'd been beaten brutally. He was perfectly innocent. He's dying. He has a crown of thorns on his head. His, his ribs are exposed from all the whip marks. He's dying on the cross, bleeding profusely. Y'all have seen the Passion of the Christ. I believe they captured it very well. He's bleeding. He's struggling to breathe. And he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. <laughs> that still blows me away. There's been stuff I wanted to beat people up about. Silly stuff. Man, they didn't pay me back. Or they owe me money, or they lied to me, or they, or they were mean, or this and that. And they did all these things to Jesus. And he said, Father, forgive them. Basically said, Lord, forgive them. These people don't know what they're doing. They don't even realize who they're crucifying here. And he forgave them. Talk about selfless, not selfish. Scripture says that Jesus could have called down all kinds of angels and just wiped us out. He could have broken his own covenant. He could have broken his own word and said, I'm sick of these humans. We're going to just wipe them out and start again. But no, he said, you know what? I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to pay the price, and I'm going to forgive them for doing it to me. Because <laughs> he was innocent, Scripture says. So number one, Jesus forgave. Somebody say forgave. Uh-huh. you got to be pretty selfless to forgive. It's easy to just walk in unforgiveness because that's a selfish human thing to do. Jesus forgave. He was selfless. Look at point two tonight. Jesus served. Jesus served. Got some general things he did here. Man, how many times in Scripture are we told that he healed the sick? Some places he went, Scripture says he healed them all. And he was just always healing people. That's very, that's very selfless. He was serving. He was serving folks. He was praying for the sick, healing them. How about the loaves and the fishes, right? A few times, Jesus multiplied the food and fed a crowd. All right? Thousands of people. Talk about serving people, man. He's, he's breaking apart loaves and fishes, and he's feeding the crowds. How about this? He washed his disciples' feet. Jesus, the God you worship, the Lord of glory, he washed his disciples' feet. 
Man, he knew how to serve. What a good example, huh? Makes you think that you're not. How can I, re- how can I phrase this? Makes you remember that nothing is beneath you, huh? Nothing is beneath you. If Jesus washed people's feet. Because think about it right now. I mean, I know y'all love me. Y'all are here tonight because y'all love Jesus. But I know y'all love me. Y'all are good to me. Y'all like me even. But right now, if I, if I took off my boots, you should see my socks. They're supposed to be white. But when I wash my clothes, I throw my white socks in there because I don't care because people are not going to see them. But they're odd colors. I'm going to just tell you right now. So you'd see my socks if you were agreed to wash my feet. And you'd be like... Pastor Matt, for real, man, I, man, God bless you. I'll give you an offering. I'll, um, I'll mow your lawn, you know, but I'm not washing your feet. And I got, I don't know why my, this offends my mom. She goes, don't be telling people you have hobbit feet. I'm like, I do have hobbit feet. They're wide. They're not real big feet, but they're wide, and that kind of have a narrow heel, and they're wide. And they got, got a little bit of hair on them on the top there. They have hairy legs, you know. So, I mean, they're hobbit feet. I don't think they're gross, and I'm not ashamed of them, but I'm telling you, if I took my boots off and you saw my socks, you'd be like, I'm not washing his feet. So you go back in time when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. They'd been walking in the dust all day long. Can you imagine living in Hobbes in sandals, walking out in the cleachy and out in the sand if there were no streets? That's how Israel is. I've been over there, and it's beautiful, but there's some places that are very deserty and dusty, and man, people's feet are dirty. i they probably don't smell too bad because they're always airing out. You know, they, they got sandals on. But I don't know, man. And y'all have seen some men's toes and toenails. They're yellow. And you're like, oh. I've seen some men's feet, and I'm a man, and it made me cringe. I went. Lord help him. I went to get a pedicure one time. There was a sister that... I was youth pastor here, and she says, I'm, I'm, I'm training, I'm doing pedicures. I'd like to do a pedicure for you. I said, what is that? I'll give you a foot massage. So I went with another man of God, John de los Santos, <laughs> my missionary mentor, man of God. He's gone to be with Jesus since. But we went to uh, sister's house. She and her son were there. She and her husband. She says, I'm going to give you all a pedicure. I'm learning all this stuff, and I just want to bless you all. Y'all can give me an offering if you want. I'll never forget, man. She was so vocal. She, she looked at Brother John's feet, and she said, Ooh, Brother John! And then she looked at my feet, and she said, Brother Matt, yours, I don't know. Yours are much better. I was like, well, you know, my feet are taken care of a little bit better now that I'm married, but not much. <laughs> but Jesus served. My point is he washed his disciples' stinky, dirty feet. And some churches do stuff like that. We haven't arrived there yet, have foot washing I mean, I admire it. Y'all have, look it up. There's churches that do it as an act of service, and I've seen them do some stuff, and I'm amazed. But man, I don't know, but we want, <laughs> Lord, are there other ways to serve? <laughs> but Jesus did all this. It's amazing to me. Another way Jesus served, he laid hands on the children and blessed them. That always touches my heart. He laid hands on the children, just blessed them. So we know that Jesus forgave, Jesus served he was always selfless. Somebody say selfless. Selfless is a far cry from selfish. Okay? Point three tonight. Jesus spent time with people. One of the honors and privileges I have as a pastor is my life's work is being around people. Now, sometimes 
I'm tired or whatever, but I thank God for the personality he gave me because I recharge around people. I'm around y'all tonight, and it just it lifts my spirit. Man, I just I, I want to be around folks, man. But Jesus was really good at it. He was the ultimate example. You remember the story of Zacchaeus? The little dude who was too short, and he was a tax collector, and people hated him. But Jesus was in his town, and, and Zacchaeus climbed a tree to try and see Jesus. Y'all remember the song that they teach the children's church? And it's about Zacchaeus. He was too short. And, but he climbed a tree, and Jesus said, come on down. I'm going to your house today. And Zacchaeus was so glad. And when Jesus got there, Zacchaeus told him, you know what? If I've robbed anybody, I'm going to pay him back more than what I robbed. And I'm also going to give some money to the poor. All because Jesus spent time with him. Jesus noticed him. Everybody wants to be noticed. Everybody wants to be made to feel like they're important because they are important. How about Mary and Martha and Lazarus? Did you know Jesus would go hang out at their house? Jesus would go over there and Mary and Martha would cook for him. I guess Martha would cook and Mary would sit at his feet. <laughs> According to scripture, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Mary cooked sometimes too. But Jesus spent time with them. They were his friends. He spent time with his disciples. Saw a meme the other day. My wife will show me stuff because I don't mess with Instagram. And it said something about one of the miracles of Jesus is that he had 12, 12 close friends in, in, when he was in his 30s. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing guy, God in the flesh. He spent time with his dis disciples. He spent time at Matthew's house. Matthew used to be a tax collector. And can you imagine the folks hanging out at Matthew's house? Man, there were prostitutes and everybody else. And folks say, man, Jesus hung out with sinners, but I'm going to give you the cats. You ready? Jesus hung out with repentant sinners. Jesus hung around with sinners who wanted to change. I don't believe, I, I know Jesus loves everybody. Jesus loves everybody. We're on the same page with that. But he hung out with people who were repentant and they wanted to change. He hung out at, at Simon's house. I believe Simon had been a Pharisee, or he was a Pharisee. He hung out at different people's houses. He hung out with people. He spent time with people. And that's one of the ways that Jesus was self, selfless. So we have that he forgave, he served. And he spent time with people. Make yourself available to forgive. Make sure that you're forgiving like Jesus. Make sure that you're serving. Make sure that you're spending time with people. All of your jobs. How many of you have a job where you deal with people? Raise your hand. <laughs> it's rare, right, when you don't? Folks, other folks are like, nah, man, I'm just in a factory in a room turning bolts all by myself. That's rare around here. you got to deal with people, don't you? Use it to your advantage. More importantly, use it to God's advantage. I don't know he's out, man, hitting the town, hitting the block. He can fix appliances. That's such a cool thing to have skills with your hand. Noah, do you see anybody every day? You see different somebodies and anybody's every day, all the time. You're meeting people all the time. That's to, that's to your advantage. That's to God's advantage. They get to see the light of Jesus in you. You invite them to church. You can tell them, man, Jesus loves them. You can do a good job and say, man, God bless you. Whatever it is, y'all work at different places, I know. But you have the opportunity and you have the advantage of being able to spend time with people. And I love that. I love that about, see folks say, man, man, your job is pastoring. Well, okay, but my true job, that's a title and it's a functional title. But my real job is people. And I have the opportunity every day to love and serve and forgive people and spend time with them. 
So make sure you value every moment and you learn to be selfless just by these three points tonight like Jesus, okay? Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes if you would, please. Is there anybody in this house at the sound of my voice 